Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go. Genesis chapter 32. Last week, uh, we talked about Jonah. So what we're doing is we're taking these 21 days, and we've called this series Legends. And here's the reason why, because there's, there's different people that inspire a life of prayer. So there's biblical characters that inspire a life of prayer. There's people in church history that inspire a life of prayer. And so we took the idea and for 21, I gave 21 different people that have inspired prayer, put those on video. And then we're taking, during the series, we're taking some Bible characters that prayed a prayer and we're just studying into it. So we're leaning into it. So we're leaning into the prayers of individual people in the scripture. And last week we leaned into Jonah. And so that was fun because Jonah was in a desperate place. And so we told the story about how Jonah got to where he disobeyed God and then he was went down to Joppa, he went down in the boat, went down in the sea, in the belly of the fish, and finally in that desperate place was where he prayed. And today I wanna to talk about not necessarily a desperate place, I wanna talk about Jacob's anxious place, where undoubtedly Jacob possesses incredible anxiety, potential fear, as he's about to face his brother Esau, who's got 400 that are out to, Jacob doesn't know, but he assumes kill him. And it's a great story where he wrestles with God. And out of wrestling with God, he's transformed. And I wanna talk about that transformation today. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, we're gonna go uh, Genesis chapter 32. Let me kind of give you this context because here's Jacob. And Jacob is the twin that had come out of the womb holding on to his brother Esau's heel. And so his name means deceiver. Jacob is the striver or the grabber. And so Jacob then is the one who stole the birthright of his brother Esau, then left and for 20 years was gone. Now he's got two wives. That's a different sermon series. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, come back for that in February, around Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> sorry. And then... He's coming back and he's got all of his animals. He's got his children. And there's this story right there in Genesis 32 about him wrestling with God. And I wanna to talk today about wrestling with God. Intriguing idea, kind of strange for many of us, but let's go after it. Genesis chapter 32, here we go. Verse 22, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, all right, uh, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over uh, all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Say alone. Interesting, because we're gonna talk about that. He's left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Intriguing story, they start wrestling. When a man saw that, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. So sun's coming up, let me go. But Jacob replied, and here's the phrase. This is a prayer that I hope gets deeply embedded in us today. I will not let you go unless you bless me. It's tenacity. I will not let you go 
unless you bless me. Human being wrestling with God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Intriguing. Funny story. I'm not gonna let you go till you bless me. Surely this is a moment where God's irritated. Ah, what? Who do you think you are? The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he asked. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God. So I'm gonna give you a name change and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he said, how dare you ask for a blessing? No. Then he said, then he blessed him. God did it. God blessed the man who wouldn't let go. Won't let go, won't let go. So Jacob called that place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God. Here's a great phrase, face to face. And yet my life was spared. First time we read this idea, face to face. It's an encounter. Jacob the wrestler. And God wrestles with the wrestler. Father, we love you today. And God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to be people that wrestle, that are honest, that get real with God. I ask, Lord Jesus, that we would transition from a pious, sweet prayer life to a rugged, raw, gritty prayer life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us in these 21 days to wrestle with God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we pray, our anxiety would decrease and our faith would increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Intriguing idea right here about wrestling with God. Like just studying it was intriguing to me because I could, it was hard to picture. I, I mean, I'm trying to even just imagine the concept. Wrestling with a sibling, easy to understand. Yeah, okay, that's easy. Wrestling with a friend, bit awkward, but... I can imagine it. Wrestling as a sport. Yeah, seen it. I got recruited for the smallest weight class when I was in junior high, but I would have had to gain 15 pounds to, to wrestle at the smallest weight class, rejected it, moved on, right? Like I could imagine a sport, but wrestling with God. Interesting. And, and the interesting thing is, is where I'm gonna go is there, Paul actually talks about a guy named Epaphras who wrestled with God in prayer. In Colossians, and he talks about this idea of wrestling as wrestling with God in prayer. And here's the story of Jacob and Jacob's wrestling with God. Jacob undoubtedly is facing this moment where he had, I mean, he had cheated his brother Esau, and Esau's a tough guy. Esau's hairy, it says he was hairy. You gotta be really hairy for the Bible to include that, that about you. I mean, you're gonna include something, and it's like he's a hairy guy. Uh, so Esau's hairy, Jacob's not. Esau's an outdoorsman. Jacob's hanging out around the tents. Jacob has, or Esau has relationship with his dad. Jacob seems to have a great relationship with his mom. Jacob walks in, steals the blessing, the birthright, and then leaves. And he's been gone in fear. Now it's the story. He's worked for his father-in-law named Laban. And Laban tricked him. What goes around comes around. But now Jacob is going back. And this is the story where surely he has this fear that Esau is going to take his life. And I love to say that because this wrestling with God, I think is a great scene 
for us when we feel anxiety. And in the conversations that many of us have right now, we know this is an anxious time. And I want you to think of yourself not as someone who just prays sweet prayers, but as someone who wrestles with God. I think that we live in a subculture Christianity where it's easy to have pristine, sweet, memorized, cute, veggie tale prayers. Not being mean, just being honest. Like we, we, we've got, we've, it's been passed down. We've heard prayers and there's generations past and, and, and we know some things. But that's entirely different from Jacob's wrestling with God. And I'm going to go after Epaphras and I'm going to show you some of the narratives in the Old Testament where some of the legends, the people of God that led were men and women of not just sweet, pristine prayers, but raw, rugged, hard, gritty, honest, almost embarrassing prayers. Like almost like, are you really going to say that to God? And I think that it's easy for me, maybe for you, to look at my life and to get honest with God about the things that are easy to be honest with God about. And in so doing, to slowly over time, not have a deep relationship, but have a shallow one. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. Nothing wrong with that prayer, but I think you can go deeper. God, thank you for this food, amen. It's a good prayer. It's legit. It's real. We should have it. I think, I think, you, could, I think you could go more. I think, you're, I think your relationship with God could be a little bit deeper. I'm just going there. Is that why you gave us 21 videos? The 21 videos are not for you to watch a screen. The 21 videos are to help you go deeper in God. I just think it's easy to not have gut-wrenching, honest, like a real relationship like wrestling with God prayers. And when I look at legends, when I look at people that have been close to God, they went a little bit deeper than just what was on the surface. They went with what's deep in their bones, deep. So they looked at the word of God in the Old Testament, the law, the character of God, and what they know to be true Then what they see. So this is what God desires. This is what I see. And then they pray this gap right here. Tenacity. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God have your way. This is the prayer for blessing, healing, presence of God, power of God, salvation for cities. This is right here. And I want to invite you today to take off the lens where you just pray sweet little cute veggie tales, sweet little snot-nosed Christian church brat prayers and transition into, God, I'm gonna get real. Here's what's going on. God, here's the pain that I'm feeling. Here's what, here's what I see, that the way that you worked in the scriptures. Here's what I see going, here's what I need in my family. Here's the healing that I need. God, and, and the title of my message today is God can handle it. I think it's tempting for us to falsely believe that God enjoys the prayers that are just cardboard, cut out, memorized, someone else's lyric from a song. And I just want to invite you to something a little bit more than that. 
that is, I'm in real relationship. He is the covenantal God. He has saved me. I'm going to spend eternity with him. He enjoys me. I've got the word of God and I have spiritual say so. I'm going to labor in the spiritual realm. My prayers make a difference in eternity. God is real. And so, oh God. And you've got that like, this is not playing games. This is eternity. This matters. And you can just find that. Like you just read through some of the Old Testament stories and you find it. I mean, you find Abraham and Genesis 18, Abraham comes before God and he's intense. God, tell you what, will you save Sodom and Gomorrah if there's just 50? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you think you are, Abraham? And he's humble. And when you read it, he's like, can I I come before you again? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this humbly again. And then he says, how about 45? Whoa, who do you think you are, Abraham? 40? No, no, God, here's how I see who you are. Uh, And and you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but what if there's just 40 righteous? I mean, based upon what I see, I'm going to humbly come. And uh, man, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not at all thinking I'm above God. I am submitted, but I am going to come before you. And we've got this relationship. And you said that I have relationship with you and you're going to do a great thing. And so God, what about 30? And God in that conversation with Abraham seems to really enjoy the conversation. He doesn't seem ready to smite Abraham. Done with you, boy. No. All right. I can handle that. You see with Moses, Exodus 32, you remember that story up on the mountain? (laughs) God, I know they're making a golden calf. Don't take him out. God, remember, you're the one that, these are your people. You set them free from Egypt. Come on. God goes, Moses, who do you think you are? No, Moses goes, God goes, I got you. Intriguing stories to me, right? When you read the Psalm of Lament of David in Psalm 13, God, where are you? God, what I know to be true based upon my experience of what's going on seems like there's a gap. Where are you? And God goes, David, done with, no. He goes, I like that. I'm just, I'm just telling you, we look at Old Testament people that prayed and you can name them. There's this tenacity, this audacity, And it just keeps going. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I read Job, I read the book of Job and I'm just like, oh, Job, don't say that. (laughs) I don't know if you read, when you read Job, but when I'm scared for Job, I have been, I'm like, oh, I mean, I know there's early on in Job, the sweet statement, you give and take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And Matt Redman wrote a great song. We sing that, but you just keep going. Just keep reading. Job's like, God comes along in Job 38. He's like, where are you, boy? (laughs) Where are you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Job wrestles. God wrestles back. And in Job 40, Job goes, I put my hand over my mouth, right? Which is kind of like uncle. Oh yeah, you are, right? I mean, wrestling. 
I just, I mean, I read Jesus in the Garden of, the, of Gethsemane. Father, while he's sweating drops of blood, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You can read Jesus and you just look into that scene and you see Jesus, even in that moment, getting real. Here's what's going on inside. So Abraham over a city, two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, or Moses, the covenant people of God, or David, his own life, Job, Jesus. It's not prayers that are pristine and sweet and memorized like we typically do. I'm tempted to fill up my journal with just memorized, not honest, just pretty prayers, just pretty. But I just wanna press in today to this wrestling idea. I'm for pretty prayers. I say, go for it. Bless the Lord and oh God help and Lord Jesus provide more food for an appetizer and God help me find a parking space. All those are pretty prayers. I like pretty prayers. It's fine. I'm not against pretty prayers. Add pretty prayers. Pretty prayers are fine. Do more pretty prayers. Add pretty prayers all day. But don't do pretty prayers in the absence of substantive, authentic, raw. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God. He's looking at God and saying, and, and Jacob was real. Jacob's wrestling. I think about this moment. When he asks, when he, he leaves and he gets this new blessing. Right? He, this is an, an, a second time we've seen this. He walked in and said to his dad, Isaac, I am Esau. And he received a blessing. Hmm. Lying, deceiving. He's already been here. And here's God, face-to-face encounter. Hey, Jakey. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a blessing when you wrestle with me. Hmm. He's, he's in this transformation, face-to-face prayer. And God gives him God's blessing right there. Blesses him. He leaves the wrestling match with a blessing from God that he was persistent asking him for. It's interesting. He leaves with a new name. So they say over you, deceiver. And then God changes his name, Jacob, to Israel, which means strives with God. So in the place of prayer, you're leaving it and you've got blessing of God and you've got a new name. So your life's not defined by how others see you or your circumstance. Your life is defined by how God sees you. That starts to happen in prayer. You don't go into prayer. You don't wrestle with God in prayer. You will define your life based upon how you see yourself and how other people see you. But you start to wrestle with God in the secret place and go, (laughs) and you watch in the same way that he changed Jacob's name and Jacob started to see himself, I am Israel, one who strives with God. It'll change, you'll you'll experience the same thing. You'll start to see yourself as God sees you. (laughs) He leaves with a blessing, a new blessing, new name. He leaves with a limp, intriguing one. 
Very weird. And I think in my culture here, Kansas City, 2020, it's very hard for us to go, wow, God, God hit the guy's hip. Injured a guy? Like flagrant foul. Like what? You, you, God did that? But I want you to see this. God gave Jacob what he needed to be dependent, to say, never forget this moment. Lean. And I want you to know, when you come out of prayer, you're no longer strutting, you're leaning. You're going, ah, people are all the time. You're awesome. You're amazing. Pick your gift. Spiritual gift, ability to make money, ability to play basketball, ability to, those are the only things I think about. Like a, whatever else you gifts you are, like whatever it is. But when you get God saying, hey, lean on me, then it's like, ah, it doesn't even matter what other people say. I'm leaning on him. I'm wholly dependent. And Jacob becomes the one that's dependent on God. Jacob wrestles with God. And these were benefits of a wrestler. Benefits of wrestling with God. I just want you to imagine what happens if you transition, if I transition from praying pretty prayers to like, gut level, really, really real. And, and I know what you're thinking, because uh, I hear it. You go, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't think that that's really submitting. He's holy, he's transcendent. And I just don't want to say those things. Hold on a second. What do people who have real relationship do? Do they run from conversation or do they engage in it? Right? Like you, God is the God. He's, he says, Hebrews 4.16, I mean, we're told, draw near to the throne of grace with boldness, with courage. So I'm not saying that you come in arrogant. No, you come in with humility and you come in, but you get honest and real and not fake pretend prayers, but just dear God. And I think God goes, now we're talking. It's actually because you have that relationship granted to you, free gift from God that you can enter into his throne of grace with courage, boldness, and say, listen, God, here's what's going on in my life. Sometimes got an Abraham flavor for a city. Sometimes got a Moses flavor for the church, the people of God. Sometimes it's just, you're just like, I'm suffering. <laughs> like Job, maybe you're like, David, where's your presence? Sometimes you're looking at your assignment your purpose. And you're like, this is hard, but it's real. I'm just telling you that relationship, that's the evidence that the, the relationship shows that you can have conversations that deep. Say it this way. Uh, I have amazing parents. They're incredible. And uh, they punished in an abnormal way. They disciplined in a way foreign to most people. So my friends, when they got in trouble, um, their parents spanked them or grounded them. Um, when I got in trouble, my dad conversed with me, which meant he talked for hours. <laughs> so the goal was not necessarily that I would have experienced physical pain or that I would experience financial pain, but that I would get in my head what I did wrong and how to handle it for the future. But the way that that played out was in long conversations. So my brother, Dan tells a story about how one time he and his friend, John and his friend, other friend named John, two Johns, Dan, John, and John, 
uh, were staying at one of their friend's houses and they had the bright high school idea of let's go into uh, our car and let's go TP another friend. Then they recognized that they had no money. And so they had this brilliant idea to go to toilet paper people, but they had no money to actually toilet paper people. So they decided to go to my parents' house and steal my parents' toilet paper to go TP another house. So they snuck into our house at three in the morning went into the different bathrooms in the house. And as they're sneaking out at 3 a.m. with all the toilet paper, my father comes walking out who turns out to be a very light sleeper only to catch the toilet paper bandits. (laughs) And my brother tells the story about what my dad did. My dad had my brother sit down on the couch and at 3 a.m. he began to talk to him. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, middle of the night. And my dad was, he's very soft-spoken. And he just quietly, what do you think are the ramifications of stealing? Do you know what the Ten Commandments are? What do you think God thinks about stealing? Tell me about toilet paper. (laughs) What's going on in your heart that you would rob your father? (laughs) What do you think your friends think when you take them on a journey to rob someone else? And Dan tells the story of like, for the love, dad, spank me, (laughs) ground me, hit me, charge me money. But here's my point. My my dad didn't go have the long conversation and wrestle through the problem with John or John. It was with the one he had relationship with. Let's talk through this, buddy. Let's go through this. Why? Because there's this rooted relationship where, I mean, I'm your dad. We're we're, we're family and we got to work through this. And I actually, my dad actually enjoys working through this because this is the opportunity to get stronger and get better. Let me tell you this. The moment where you get honest with God and you have a conversation, it's not irreverent to say, here's where I'm really at. It actually shows we have real relationships. It actually shows you saved me. You set me free. You delivered me. I'm gonna spend an eternity with you. And your word says this. And my experience is this. And I'm desperate for what you want on the earth. But that's not the reality that I'm living in. And so God, I'm asking. And he goes, now we're talking. Now that's real. And that is the secret of stepping out of hypocrisy and stepping into authenticity. It's getting real and raw before God and going, okay, here's where I'm actually at, God. And I know that right now there's a stereotype that it's the men that provide and women like to pray. And I just want to come at that full throttle. I just want to invite you men, yeah, provide and pray. Be the man of God that says either God is real or he's not. And since you have decided to follow Jesus and you believe in your bones that God is real, then your biggest privilege is to come before God and provide prayers and supplications and cry out to God and say, God, have your way in my family, in my church, in my city. 
I just think it's one of the best things that you can do. And I'm all about men praying and women praying and kids praying and teenagers praying. I just want to give a, 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 just a nice little because I think there's a stereo. I only know this because I spent 15 years mobilizing prayer at the church where I worked at before. And you know what? I can, I can mobilize the teenagers. I can mobilize a lot of ladies that would come. Dudes were just like, eh, I'm not sure. I just want to invite you. I just want to invite you guys. Just, I'm not asking you to do what I say. I want to invite you to go before God and say, God, what do you say? Just, I'm just waiting to hear God tell you, yeah, yeah, the prayer thing. You can check out on that one. You'll come before God and he'll go, this is your privilege to come before me and give me more than just the obligatory, memorized, pristine, pretty prayer that you learned as a child and give the, oh God, I'm asking for my bride. I'm asking for my kids. God, I'm asking for my city. God, I ask, let our church be a place where people come to know Jesus, where they get set free, where they discover what God's called them to do with their lives, and they lay down their lives to make a difference. Oh, God. And you'll find, you'll find in your life that wrestling with God is not a pain. It's a privilege that you enjoy. And you'll start to come out a little bit more like Jacob, a little bit new blessing, I'm not striving for what you think about me. I'm done deceiving. I've wrestled with God face to face. I'm a different person. He's put a new name on me. That's who I am now. And you will have businesses, cities, outside. People always try to tell you who you are. But when you've wrestled with God, nobody, nobody can look at you and say, nah, you're something else. When you've wrestled with God, you're like, this is who I am. This is what God has done in my life. There's a few things I want you to see just practically. David, how do I wrestle with God? First one is that Jacob is alone. I love that idea. Right here, look at this. It says that he's alone with God. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. I just want to encourage you, get alone with God. Just be, be, just every day, just be alone with God. Well, David, I don't have enough time. Okay, start with the drive time. Instead of ESPN radio, just, that's where I'm gonna start. And I'm literally gonna just get raw and real and wrestle with God all the way to the office. Or you pick the, but I'm just saying, alone with God. Right now, I find myself so grieved over all the different um, Christian leaders that continue just... I don't know what it was like in the last generation, but I just feel like in my lifetime, I see story after story. I've been in uh, full-time ministry for 20 years and I just see story after story of um, Christian leaders that have character issues that cause them to fall. And, and I think that if I were to be gut level honest about what, what the way I see it, it's easy to have an outside communal faith where you just sing the right song and quote the memorized thing. And, and I'm for that. I mean, I love, this is what I do. I love the church. But if that exists and this secret prayer is non-existent, you're set up for a disaster one day because it's not deep-rooted. It, it's, it's, it's not grounded. And so one of the best ways for you to get those foundations. It's more than just what you know in your head. It's who you are in secret. 
We've got, we've got a lot of people who can give ideas. I wanna invite you to have encounters. It's just, when you've got that, and I'm not saying it's as dramatic right here as Peniel. It's not as dramatic as Jacob maybe, but it's altogether real. And it's alone with God. And you're gonna name that place because <laughs> that's your place to be with God. Maybe have a time and a place. That's what 21 days is all about. Just a time and a place. Just be with God. Jacob was alone with God and Jacob was persistent. He was persistent in prayer. I wanna invite you to be alone in prayer then be persistent in prayer. That's the tenacity where he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. You can always tell what people care about based upon what they're persistent about, right? I have four kids. My son, Justice, he cares about food. That's what he loves. And the quickest way to his heart is right here, baby. I mean, he loves it. When we go to a restaurant, he always says, on your kid's meal, which meal is the largest? To which the server usually says, what do you mean? And he always says, which one is the biggest? He doesn't care about, uh, about quality. He cares about quantity. That's it. It doesn't matter if it's carbs. Does, he likes everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It just matters how much. So every time he asks that question, he is persistent because it's what he cares about, right? My daughter, Adeline, she's a reader. She'll stay up all night. You got to tell her, you must go to bed tonight. She's persistent every night. She loves to read. Olivia, she is organized. She's persistent. That bed will be made every day. And anybody that messes with it, right? I mean, she's persistent. It is, and you're like, wow, I wish I had a child like that. I know. She's just like her dad. I mean, she's persistent. Dawson, he's a social butterfly. Like, he loves his friends. He would rather show up an hour early to be with his friends and sit at the park by himself than be two minutes late because he don't want to miss two minutes of hanging out with those people, right? He is just like his mom, right? Just kidding. He's just like me. What's up, right? That's who he is. Renata, she just kisses me all the time, you know, and just persistent. What she cares about is just right. Here's reality. If this gets in you and you believe that that time alone with God, that there's actual spiritual movement in your time with him and you're not punching a checklist. It's not homework obligatory time. It's relational. You know him and you have spiritual say-so and it changes the world and it makes a difference. You'll be persistent about what you care about. Just like Jacob, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm sitting right here, God. I'm back. I'm not saying that you never leave that time alone with God, but you're there the next day and the next day and the next day. This is my penile. I don't know if I'm saying that right. This is, my, this is where I'm at. This is my place to meet with God. I'm with him, persistent, alone with him, persistent. And then this third one, just this, just Jacob's transformed. There's actually transformation through prayer. It actually changes, not just the world. And we believe that. We believe that prayer changes the world and it changes you. You just, you become a different person. I'm, I'm looking at a situation right now that honestly, I don't like to pray about because it's too painful. I'm experiencing right now a, 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 just a story in my life that's really painful. But as I write about it in my journal each day, it's changing me. You know, like at first I just hated, just hate. It's just, and I, but I know it's hate. 
And my temptation is just to pray pretty prayers. Here's what pretty prayers look like for me. Morning, Lord. Love you. Bless Renata. Bless my kids. Bless Radiant. I pray for this, for Kansas City. Help us know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We love you. Amen and amen. I can do that while I'm still asleep. But for me to write the names of the people that hurt me and to pray for the the blessing on them, for me to say, God, here's the real thing going on with me. And I think God likes that. I think that's where God goes. Come on, baby. Now we're working through some stuff. Watch and see if I want to do a miracle in that gritty, raw prayer. He can handle your pain. That actually in that pain, you'll see he'll transform it and it will be transformed into your passion. You watch, because God will do a great work. It might take a decade. It might not end the way you prayed it, but over time, you won't think it's your perspective that matters. You'll have gained in the transformation, wrestling in prayer, God's perspective. And you'll go, I trust you. Okay. And I want to invite you to get that, to go through that process, be transformed. Let God, let God transform you. He transforms Israel's, Jacob's name to Israel. He becomes a different person. So you're not a deceiver. God loves to change names. Did you ever pick up on that? He's always doing that. Hey, Abram, I'm gonna walk in covenant with you. You're Abraham. Hey, Sarai, walk in covenant. You're Sarah. Hey, Jacob, I'm gonna use you. You're gonna, let's, let's, let's change your name to Israel. Not a deceiver, but strives with God or wrestles with God. Hey, Peter, Matthew 16, <laughs> region of Caesarea Philippi. Hey, you're no longer Simon, I'm gonna call you Peter, meaning Rocky. Blessed are you, Simon. This is not revealed to you, my man, but by my, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter on this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will overcome. I mean, it named God loves. He's going, I'm going to use you. And he, why? He's transforming. It's a new name. And this is what you think about yourself. This is what other people said to you. This is even how you were named by your Let me tell you who you are. And actually, Jacob becomes Israel. And that becomes the name of this new nation those who strive with God, those who wrestle with God. So the Egyptians, they don't wrestle with God, but the Israelites were committed to God's law. God is with us. Fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. We follow, we don't understand all the, his ways. His ways are higher than our ways, but we're doing life with God. We're wrestling with God. The Assyrians, they didn't, they didn't get the name strives, wrestles with God, but the Israelites... And yes, that means that we do not walk according to our way. We do not do our thing. We do follow the laws of God and we do life with God. And it is actually our privilege and our joy to wrestle, to strive with God. Will you bow your heads with me? Will you just take a moment and will you just wrestle with God? Just, just, just 20 seconds and just be real. Just for a moment, not the pretty prayer. God, I need this financial miracle. I'm just asking. God, this person who's in my family that hates me, I pray for them. Just be real. Just get, just gut level. This is what is, 
God, I need your kingdom to come. I need your will to be done in this area. I'm facing this pain, God, if it's possible. Is there any way out of this struggle? God, this, this marriage, this marriage needs you right now. God, this child that I have, she's actually not even close to walking with you. And she's filled with hate and bitterness. And God, I just need you to do a miracle. Just be real. Just wrestle. Lily Paphras, wrestling with God in prayer. Father, we ask that in these 14 days we have left, in 21 days of prayer, Lord, that we be real, raw, gut level honest with you. Make us a people that pray. Help us. If you're here today and you wanna give your life to Jesus, it's the best decision that you could ever make. It's the one that lasts for eternity. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus died for you. None would perish. He wants none to prayers. That's his goal. He wants none to perish, but all to come to repentance. He wants you to come to repentance. And Jesus died on a cross in your place for your sin that you might spend eternity with him. And at Radiant, we love just to give you the opportunity to make that decision to follow Jesus. If you'd like to make that choice right now, just pray this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Give me new life in Christ. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. I don't want to go my way. I go your way. Give me new life in Christ. In Jesus' name.